Hang on, I did get your text message uh, last week, and I read it, and I had put my phone down, like, thinking that I was going to get back to it, and then I, like, looked at the time, and I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> I'm so sorry I didn't get back to you right away. So no. how did it end up going? Yeah, no worries. Um, It ended up, it was a very interesting week, honestly, with him. Um, So it's really funny if I'm tracking back, trying to remember to last week. He actually ended up bringing up, like, I feel you haven't been in the mood lately. What's been going on? Your energy is a little off. And instead of using that as, like, an opportunity to talk about how I felt, I noticed myself just shutting the conversation down out of anxiety, I guess. I kind of panicked, and I was like, no, everything's fine. Why would you think that? Like, <laughs> And then mm-hmm. in my head, I'm like, why would I shut it down when I could use it as an opportunity to actually talk about how I felt? So after he left, I was feeling kind of disappointed in myself, and I thought of you because I'm like, great, now I have to tell her. I didn't talk about it. So I used that as a chance to send the text, and that was what I sent to him. And he was just really, like, receptive to it. And the next day or the day after I saw him and I was like, hey, can we talk about this, like, in person? And so the conversation went well and smoothly. And he's just really supportive. And we ended up, like, not to be (laughs) weird, but he actually ended up, like, going down on me. So I think the situation was resolved. Do you think that ended up being a lot smoother than what you originally anticipated? Yeah, definitely. Because it's funny because he actually offered to like give me oral and I was like, no, like I don't want it. And then I don't know why I do that. Like someone will say something that I've been wanting them to bring up or say and then I'm just like, no, it's fine. I don't want it anyway. I don't really understand that. But I... I realized that he's kind of been wanting to do it. It's probably just me that seemed like I wasn't interested in him doing it. So that was the problem all along. It was me, not Mm -hmm. him. (laughs) So it's ironic how that works. Wait, so sort of shutting it down on like the first time when when this was brought up between the both of you the first time, it was like almost instant shutting it down. Sorry, you kind of broke up a little bit. I couldn't hear what you said. No, it's okay. No, I said it was almost instant that you sort of shut that down. So when I was reading those texts, it seemed like, it seemed almost like you sort of took the blunt of everything in that text. And that's like the first thing that I sort of like noticed. And I was like, okay, maybe this didn't go like, according to her plan like I'm not sure how you sort of went about it or it, you know if you chose to go about it in this way um to sort of I don't know maybe ease you into the conversation you know because I remember you or us really talking about like the possibility of doing something over text where it's sort of safe um but then the downsides of it could be like the miscommunication things are sort of taken out of context and all of that yeah it's sort of ref- like a reflex for me to shut things down. And in that same aspect, I apologize about literally everything. Like even if I'm saying something like setting a boundary or like, 
communicating my need, not just to Nick, but I just over apologize. I'm like, I'm so sorry. Like, I feel sort of like um, a burden, I guess. And that's why I apologize about literally everything. And this, it's so funny because people will be like, you need to stop apologizing. I'm like, I'm sorry. <laughs> so it's a really bad habit. But I feel like, especially as like a woman, I've noticed I've been doing that my entire life. So it's just become more prevalent, I guess, in my relationship. So what, give me an example, give me another example of when you may have talked about something that you wanted to happen and then this person decides to give it to you what it was that you were asking for and, you know, then it was shut down again. Like, no, I, I, it's, it's okay, I don't want it. Can you give me another example of one that's happened? Hmm. I can't think of anything in that context, but another example I can give that's sort of similar is this weekend I brought something up to Nick at the worst possible time, in the worst possible way, and then he wanted to talk about it, and I kind of was just like, no, like I didn't want to talk about it. For example, um, my girlfriend and I are planning to move um, in October out of state, and I bring it up like five minutes before me and Nick are supposed to reach our destination in the car. And he kind of wanted to talk about it more in detail. And I was just like, no, like, I just bring up this like, oh, by the way, I'm moving out of state in like nine months. You'll like, and I don't want to be in the relationship once I move. And then he was, kind of wanted to talk about it. And I was just like, no. So I think that is not the same, but it's kind of, um, like that like did you similar did you ever end up talking about it yeah he got really upset and very anxious so we ended up talking about it like three times um that night which was on saturday and things didn't really end off well he was really i don't know if i want to say triggered but he was panicky about it and then um i talked to him about it again last night so we've talked about it a couple times and i think we're on good standing with it right now, but that wasn't the case a few nights ago. You know what's so funny is that in therapy, there's it, it's pretty common for people to sort of drop something in in therapy, like the last five minutes, and like, oh, by the way, this is something pretty important. Um, and all right, I'm going to leave now. You know, um, and it's like it's exactly what sort of played out here. What was can you maybe run me through like some of your thinking behind that? Like what, what was sort of going through your head? Did you sort of plan that out? Did that sort of happen? Like instincts are kind of like, you know, you being sort of in survival and something like that sort of occurred. Yeah, I'm very, I don't want to say I'm very bad, but historically it's been very challenging for me to have difficult conversations. I'm very um, like, I avoid conflict at all costs and I think perhaps that's why I took that route. I wasn't even going to say anything in the first place because I know Nick and I know he, he'll he be worrying about it for the next nine months and it will impact our relationship. Um, so I wasn't even going to bring it up, but it was kind of just like eating away at me inside and I just kind of blurted it out. But I think I'm very 
afraid to an extent to kind of have challenging conversations um, because of my past, I would say it's attributed to. So maybe that's why I did it the way that I did in the car. And we actually ended up getting into a car accident like right after. (laughs) So it was a very, it was a very emotionally charged weekend. That's for sure. But yeah. Are you okay? Are you guys okay? Yeah, we're okay. We didn't make it to, uh, we were going to go to the aquarium in Riverhead. We were like two minutes away and we didn't end up getting there, but everyone's fine. So yeah, Mm. it's okay. Hmm. Do you feel confident in the way that you ended up, you know, you may have not started off the way that you wanted to, you know, but for you to have this conversation three times in the same day, like just speaks volumes from, you know, maybe how you handled things in the past, you know, and, um, sorry, my dog, um, <laughs> Do you think that you ended up handling it in the ways that you wanted to? Yeah. So when was it? Saturday or Sunday? Nick was just, he was very off. I've never really seen him like that because he is very extroverted and he's always talking, always keeping the conversation going. And his energy was just like completely shifted. And he, I think... He's definitely entitled to his feelings, but I realized, cause I work with like a spiritual energy life coach on the side. And she told me like, you need to bring up this conversation again. Like you can't leave it where you left it because she told mm-hmm. me I came across very cold in my words saying like, I'm sorry you feel that way, but like I I'm doing this like with or without your permission kind of thing. Because Nick really would like to come with me. He'd like to move with me or do long distance. And I'm very closed off to that idea. Like, I don't really have any interest at this time. Um, So he took it very personally. And I was kind of dismissive to it. Because from like a defense mode, it seemed selfish for him to be like, oh, wait another year for me and then we can move together. It just seemed like, why would I put my life on pause for someone I've known three months? And I didn't Mm -hmm. mean for it to come across that way. And she basically explained to me that I ended up making him feel like not good enough in some way. Like if I were good enough for her, she would wait for me. If I did this, then she wouldn't be moving. So yesterday, I just kind of explained to him what was going on. And I think we left things off on a good note. At least I feel good about it where we stand now. Um, But I don't know about him. So it's just like a hard situation, honestly, because I have known him for three months and I don't know, like in October where we'll stand, but I said, we'll, we'll reconvene and talk about it in the summer and see like what we want to do and agree on. So, cause I don't want it to, it's January. If we worry about it now, it literally will be ruining our relationship. Like if we're worried about it now, not ruining our relationship, but just making our relationship a lot less enjoyable, I guess, if we just ruminate Mm -hmm. on it for the next nine months, you know? Do you think that this is going to be in the back of your head? Like whenever you sort of see him or, you know, you guys sort of interact, is it going to be in the back of your head? 
you know, and it's like something you might be completely avoiding talking about. Sorry. No, it's okay. Um, honestly, there's really not much for me to say about it at this point. Cause it's, it's like not set in stone. I haven't made a down payment on a house yet. Like anything okay. could change in the next nine months, you know? So I'm really not worried about it. I'm more so worried about him because either way okay. I'll be fine. Like if we break up, if we don't break up, like it sounds really cold. Like, I don't know why I don't care either way, but I'm more so worried about him. And I told him if he wants to talk about it, like he could bring it up again. So is this new for you for, for you to sort of maybe detach from like that emotional side and, and like, you know, putting your feelings first, is that sort of new or is this something that has always been kind of apparent in, in your relationship? So I do find myself very emotionally detached from him. Uh, it's not, it's new because this is the first healthy relationship I've ever been in. But in my last relationship, I was also very emotionally detached. But I think for different reasons, because as mean as it sounds, I really didn't like him. I just kind of got into a relationship with him because I felt bad and he asked me out and I felt like I couldn't say no. So I was literally unhappy with the relationship for two years. So I was very emotionally detached. But with Nick, like he makes me happy. So I don't understand why I'm so emotionally detached from this relationship. I think it's honestly like a defense mechanism or something to protect myself from getting like involved. But I just kind of wish I would care more than I do because it's not really fair to mm -hmm. him. So. It's, I, I think it's kind of funny because in some ways you sort of have control, you know, in other ways it's completely new and you might be bringing some old, like, old stuff with you, you know, carrying sort of old coping, coping mechanisms and, and ways that you sort of feel um, into something like this, you know, so it, it might be a little bit more familiar, you know, and, uh, and I think there's a lot of confusing feelings that comes with that, yeah. you know, because here's this person and, and here's this relationship that is completely different than my other one. You know, but uh, but I I care about him, but I want to keep my distance there. So I don't get hurt, um, and and I feel like part of that might be just you know dealing with it in the ways that you are used to dealing with it. You know, um, so in in any of these in any of these talks and any of these sort of uh, were they I'm not going to call them arguments. Were they arguments? these discussions? No. no, not arguments. I mean, there was no like hostility or aggression. I guess it was just more so awkward. Um, okay. So it wasn't an argument. I just say it would be like a conflict. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Okay. So I'm thinking of like some of the components in, in DBT, you know, that should be sort of used when in a situation like that, like one of them um, is interpersonal stuff you know, like in, in relationships and another part is like mindfulness. And, and I think that goes hand in hand, you know, uh, to sort of be able to put like blocks there, roadblocks there. So you don't bring in some of the old stuff, you know, you can sort of like keep it right here, realize it and then react how you want to react, you know. Um, is it, was there any, any mindfulness, any sort of 
anything that was sort of happening that was maybe different than how you normally would react? Yeah, I mean, I, that's a really good question. I don't know. I think I handled it in the best way because in the past mm -hmm. I would have just completely shut down and not have really been able to respond. Um, and it's funny because in my last relationship, like I would completely dissociate and shut down and it made my ex so angry when I did that. Cause he felt like I was ignoring him. So it would just make things okay. so much worse. Um, but that didn't happen with Nick. Like I didn't dissociate. I was able to talk and move. Um, so I don't think I was as triggered, which was nice. Mm -hmm. um, Cause in the past I would have just like went cold and like a robot and not have been able to say anything. So I think in mm -hmm. that aspect, perhaps there was more mindfulness cause that didn't happen. So that made me happy that I didn't respond. Very nice. <laughs> um, so now with, hmm, with what I had said previously about control, you know, having like some sense of control in, in a relationship that you feel is healthy, do you think that has anything to do with maybe detaching yourself in this way? Um, because, you know, you sort of are in control and you can do something like this. You know what I'm saying? It's when, when there's like almost like a, not a power struggle, but if there is like you're maybe a first time or or the ability to actually be able to control something, you know? I feel like maybe sometimes we're not sure what to do with it, you know? Yeah, it sucks, but I thought of this the other day, like the person in the relationship that cares less gets, like kind of has the upper hand. And it's, I'm not doing that intentionally, so I really don't understand, but it's kind of that mm -hmm. whole, if I care less, I get hurt less kind of thing. And I don't even think Nick would hurt me. I'm really not concerned about that whatsoever. It's more so I'm afraid I'm going to hurt him, which would hurt me more. Because if he hurt me, like, I'm used to that. Like, it really doesn't phase me at this point. But I feel like I'm going to hurt him. And that kind of just validates, like, this core belief I have that I'm, like, a bad person. I'm a shitty girlfriend. Like, I don't know how to be in a relationship. So I think that's mm -hmm. honestly my biggest fear, and that's maybe why I'm so emotionally avoidant and detached from the relationship. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you have, like, great, great insight onto, like, <laughs> what it is that you might be doing, you know? Um, but as far as, like, w what it is that you typically do and knowing, like, the difference and, and what could change and what you would want to change, but, like, unsure of how to get there you know that seems like kind of the struggle yeah and and it's an ongoing struggle I get that um and it seems like it might be playing out like in a whole bunch of different ways here you know in this relationship just because like yeah. it's different you know it's it's like it's almost like new territory and seeing how far you can sort of go with something um It's, it's interesting. Definitely is interesting. It's funny because I'm like aware of what the reasoning is behind certain behaviors or thought processes, but I don't have much interest in, I don't know if I want to say I don't have much interest, but 
I don't feel like at this moment I'm ready to either change it or do something about it. Mm -hmm. But Nick is the first guy that's ever been like unconditionally accepting and loving of me. So I, I wish I could return that to him. But at for some odd reason, I don't, I kind of doubt my capacity to give him that right now. And that's part of the reason why when I met him, I told him like, I don't want to be in a relationship because I'm not, I don't yeah. feel emotionally available because I feel I'm moving in a year. But then I was working with a life coach and she was just like, Lauren, I know you're afraid and you don't feel ready, but you have to do it if you want to grow. So I got into the relationship with him and here I am kind of in this debacle now. So mm -hmm. it's hard. If your life coach didn't say that to you, would you still have went about this path? I honestly don't think so. Mm -hmm. Is there anything that you're getting out of this relationship? Anything that sort of makes you happy? Because you can say all these things, you know, this person treats you well and, and you know, you don't really have to worry about them in that sense. Um, but that doesn't necessarily bring happiness sometimes. Yeah, I mean, this relationship, I feel calm, which I've never felt in a relationship before. There was always drama or like dysfunction of some sort. And Nick, it's, I've dated people in the past who have had a lot of shit, like trauma, addiction, like they had felonies and stuff. Like it was very dangerous and like unhealthy. And Nick doesn't, he's very emotionally um, intelligent and just like so good and so innocent and sweet. So it's definitely different. And I feel like he's pushing me to be a better person because he has all the qualities that I hope to one day embody. So I really do admire him. So it feels more of like a mutual relationship rather than a one-sided relationship, which I'm not used to. So maybe that's why it feels so uncomfortable right now. Mm -hmm. What if when October rolls around? And, you know, you decide to, you, you decide you're moving. And he was like, all right, yeah, I'm not, I, I don't want to do the long distance either. You know, and, and the tables instantly are sort of switched like that. You know, like emotionally things sort of like go out the window, you know, like we talk about like emotional regulation sort of being like another main component, which you actually, you're, you, you have here, you know, um, but like when something gets, which to like that real quick, you know, things can sort of like change internally as well. And then you might be like on the opposite side, like where, you know, you, you might be, I don't know, you might have regret, you know? Yeah. It, that's a really funny point because it's so true. If the tables were to turn and he weren't to care, I would, I know myself, like I would immediately be like, begging for him on my knees and be like, please, please like do long distance, please. Like, it's so funny mm -hmm. when someone stops or they pull away or they lose interest in some way, I like immediately gain so much more interest in them. And I really, I mm -hmm. hate that. I hate that so much. It's so annoying. But when someone mm -hmm. is like very available and like ready for me and they, they treat me the way Nick treats me, it's like some part of me not that I'm losing interest in him, but some part of me is just bored. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I think, a huge, a huge point here 
you know, like where you, you, you might find yourself bored and, and in turn you might hurt this person, you know, and in, in, in no way could that be your intention, you know, but that's sometimes what, what this might lead to, right? It might, I mean, I'm, this saying hurt people, hurt people is like almost kind of cliche, but very, very powerful, yeah. you know, and. Does he know that you feel like you don't, like, what I said a little bit earlier, you know, your life coach didn't say, yeah, Lauren, go for it. Does he know any of this? Like, at what extent does he know all of this? Or does he not? I think it's 50-50. He knows that I was working with the life coach. I would tell him what she said to me. Because the first time he asked me out, I said no. I was like, definitely not. Um, and then like a week or two later, my life coach kind of, um, encouraged me to make a decision from love rather than from like self-protection and fear. So Mm -hmm. that's why I changed my mind, but I don't know if I told him if my life coach didn't tell me to go out with you, I still wouldn't be going out with you. But I definitely am open with him about my internal conflicts and things like that. And he said to me yesterday, because I told him yesterday, I was like, I am afraid I'm going to hurt you. And I just feel a lot of pressure. Like, what if you move in with me and then I'm unhappy, but then you moved your whole life to Tennessee for me? Like, that's so much pressure. And in relationships, I've had this narrative of like feeling trapped and caged and like I can't change my mind. So I told him that Mm -hmm. that was a fear of mine. And he's like, listen, like you've expressed what you're going through, like your struggles in the past with me. And like, I got into this relationship knowing what I was dealing with. And he's like, and that's okay. So I guess he's like semi aware. I'm just Mm -hmm. kind of scared of telling him certain things because I don't like nothing I say or my behaviors, it doesn't have to do with like his value. It has to do with what I'm dealing with inside. But mm-hmm. it's hard to not take things personally sometimes because we internalize other people's actions. So, Do you think that a current like pain point in your life not necessarily would be painful, but could lead to pain um, is boredom? Yeah, so, so let's focus on that for a little bit. Um, I feel like that's something that should be kind of in, like, the forefront of your brain, right? Something that you, like, I don't know. I would like for you to kind of keep that, like, in the back of your mind um, just because, you know, you might react to something uh, with Nick. And not necessarily just with Nick, but, like, in life in general, um, you might react in the, the opposite way, so it's not bored, you know, so you're not bored anymore. Um, and and I think that's something to sort of keep in mind, because would you typically be reacting if you were not bored, you know? Like, I, I think that's just, like, a an interesting thing to sort of think about, because that will lead you into the, the decisions that you make, you know? And that's, like, your current feeling, you know, and that might lead to, like, long-term stuff. Um, and, and like what you said is pretty perfect. Like if you ended up moving in with him and you realize that you're unhappy and, you know, like you got, you both just like changed up your lives, you know, for one, 
for one another. Um, that's uh, this boredom sort of like will kind of keep with you, you know, like, and, and you've, you might not be hurting him now, but this could very well lead to something in the future, you know, like a year, two years, however long in, you know, and, and you might react to it then. And it might be like a lot more painful, you know, for both of you. Um, so that's something to sort of keep in mind if you feel like it is what if it's boredom that you're sort of reacting to now, how that would affect you in the future. And, you know, if this is someone that you can sort of see for yourself long term, you know, and and if you are bored, what's the opposite of bored? How can you sort of do something where you, you know, may not feel like that in like a healthier way, you know, instead of sort of switching up like emotional stuff. Um, as far as like if, if he were the one to sort of maybe treat you not good, you know, and then, you might be, like, begging for his, like, affection or whatever it is. Um, if you feel that you are getting bored, I think it's maybe uh, maybe a good way to sort of implement some, some DBT in here, you know, and, like, doing opposite action. What would be the opposite of you feeling bored, you know, and how can we sort of implement that and how can we sort of get that to sort of happen? Um, but it's, it's important to, to, like, understand yourself and it is, if it is something that you, like, just truly cannot have in your life right now, you know, just because you're figuring it out yourself or whatever it is and you need to, like, kind of just be solo, like, you know, figuring out just, like, internal stuff, that's, like, also something to sort of keep into consideration, you know. Um, There's, like, a lot to consider because it's not just – like, yes, there is a sort of emotional stability in this relationship that's kind of unknown to me. And that's mm -hmm. part of the reason why I guess I feel bored. But also I'm at that point in my life where I really want to focus on my career. And I've never been someone that needs to be in relationships. Like, I love being single so much. Like, I feel independent mm -hmm. and free when I'm single. And part of the reason why I want to say I get bored in relationships is because I feel somewhat caged or limited or trapped. And I feel like my independence is taken away. So I have this deep fear of commitment on like a, a it's conscious, but the fear of commitment is so unappealing to me. Like, and it sucks because the only relationship I was ever in that I wasn't bored and I was like head over heels for the person was it was very abusive and like it was horrible and like traumatic and tragic. And mm -hmm. I don't want that to be my sort of um, like I won't be bored if the person is nasty to me or mean to me because that's not like an expectation I want to have in the relationship. But it always comes down to like a three month mark where I'm with a person that I start feeling sort of um, – like stagnant and stuck it happens every time and it's just very frustrating and that's why I start to question the relationship I'm like well this person just might not be the right person for me if I'm having these feelings but at the same time Nick is I, I'm convinced he's like the best person out there for me so I just really don't understand and it's more so discouraging um like internally for myself mm -hmm. So the part of you that doesn't want to do long distance, 
you know, this is almost like the opposite part of you. Like, a part of you very much cares about this person. And, like, it, it like I said in, in the office last week, you're very confident in, in this way, you know, in, in parts like this. Like, you are, like, so, like, you know what it is that um, this person is capable of, you know, and, and you're sort of trusting your instincts here. The other part of it is not wanting to sort of do long distance because, you don't want to feel caged and, you know, you don't want to sort of lose that independence. Do you think that you would be, do you feel like you've lost your independence now being sort of in a relationship with, with this person? I don't want to say yes, because to some level, no, but also to some level, yes, because relationships, I have this like story around relationships where I feel, um, like relationships are a sacrifice and I lose myself in relationships. And part of me is felt very much suffocated in relationships, but Nick isn't manipulative. He's not possessive. He's not controlling. Like I literally have zero complaints about him. So I don't know why I, I don't feel that way strongly, but I know like there's a small part of me that feels that way deep down. Mm Mm-hmm. Do you think it stems from fear? Yeah, for sure. And that's why I feel more comfortable knowing the relationship has, um, I've been calling it like an expiration date. That makes me feel like, oh, I feel safe because in nine months, like then I have an excuse to leave the relationship. And I'm always the person that leaves the relationship. And partially it's due to because, yes, my past relationships have been like not healthy and somewhat abusive. Um, But I always am that person that like leaves before they could be left. Like I'm constantly like running from people when things start to get Mm -hmm. more involved. So, yeah. I think that also sort of goes hand in hand with being vulnerable, you know, and and I think that's a big step, you know, to sort of take to sort of be, be able to give someone a hundred percent, you know, and say, this is me. Like, you either take it or leave it, you know, and I think that's a really difficult thing to do. And I think that might be something that you will work on throughout your life, you know, where you, I don't know, like you, like you said, you, you said that this person, you know, these feelings sort of somewhat stem from like maybe thinking that this person isn't for you, you know, and like if these sort of internal feelings are not addressed, that will sort of carry on with, like, everyone, you know. <clears throat> Maybe we can think of, like, small ways where you can be vulnerable, you know, where you sort of take that leap of faith just because somebody else is, you know, and somebody else is sort of meeting you there, you know, and it's like your back is almost, like, faced the other way, you know. Um, and I'm not saying it's necessarily a bad thing, and I never want you to think that I'm judging you in any type of way whatsoever. Um, but I think it's, it's important to sort of look at it in that way. You know, like what are maybe smaller ways where you can control being vulnerable, you know, and, and sort of feel safe enough to, to do it where you, like, are able to kind of keep yourself kind of anchored, you know, and, and take that leap where you can always bring yourself back. Um, and I'm not sure what that might look like for you, you know, but I think that might be like a good place to start where it's, you don't have to, to sort of do like an all or nothing 
least, you know, um, but it's, it's safe. You can do it and, and it's manageable, you know, you can sort of do something realistically. Um, so what do you think that, what do you think that might be for you? What's the way that you can maybe let yourself be vulnerable and sort of see how it feels and then, you know, sort of retreat and, and it's safe again, you know, and it was safe when you were there and it's safe when you sort of retreat, you know, where it's, you're able to sort of come back out. Well, the first thing that came to mind was like something that happened the other day where we were having a conversation around like our sex life and Nick, he really like cares about pleasing me which I know last week I, I like made a comment like, Oh, I feel like he doesn't care, but he was like, what do you mm-hmm. like in bed? Like, tell me what you like so that I could do it for you. And I just felt so vulnerable in that moment for some reason, like that. I was like, I don't even know what I like. So I think for that example, like I just felt so much like shame and vulnerability in like being judged and I was so scared. So I just said like, oh, I don't really like anything, <laughs> which just seems like really boring. And like, he was just like, what? Like, um, so, Yeah, that's you like sort of retreating. Yeah, yeah that's mm-hmm. just an example um, of where in like recent times I felt vulnerable. And I like, I like that word retreat. So I don't really know what I could do. Because yesterday mm-hmm. I did have that conversation with him where I felt vulnerable and I was just like, listen, um, we talked about the moving thing and I kind of expressed what my concerns and my fears were. So I don't really, I don't know what a, honestly, like what a practical step I could take in being more vulnerable because Nick knows me very well. Like we're very close. Mm-hmm. I tell him a lot of things more than I probably tell anyone else. So I'm not really sure what else I could do right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you think this would be a discussion to have with Nick? You know, like if, if you felt comfortable enough to explain to him that you want to try and be vulnerable in sort of a safe zone, a little safe space, you know, Um, that might be, a good conversation to have with this person just because you know you you do feel safe around him um and he's sort of like shown you time and time again that you can be safe here um so i think that might be sort of a good good place to to try and like maybe be vulnerable with this person so you sort of are kind of meeting them like right here you know and and again like i think that that might make you feel better kind of in the long run um and I'm thinking, like, back to sort of main main components of DBT, you know, like interpersonal effectiveness and and doing whatever means to sort of get there, you know. So if you were to be vulnerable with this person and, and figure out a way that you can both sort of be there and kind of, like, equal and sort of see how that feels, you know, that might be a, a good thing for you in the long run to sort of keep with you, you know, and, and like, carry with you and realize like, you know, not the entire world is going to make you feel a certain way, you know? Yeah. I've been trying to be vulnerable with him. Um, I, it was like new year's day or something. And I lied to him about something so stupid. It was like, I left my wallet at my friend's house and then I got it. And he asked me if I got, and I, I said, I didn't get it. So it was something like very stupid that I don't know. Sometimes I just like say things and I'm like, why did I just say that? 
but I felt really vulnerable because the next day I was like, I lied to you. And this is like really humiliating and embarrassing for me to own up to. And I could have easily just not said anything and kept the lie going because it was that small, but I brought it up and I felt like in shock and panic in that moment because I felt very vulnerable. So I have been trying Mm -hmm. to push myself, but at the same time, I don't think it's that apparent to Nick because he says, he's like, why won't you just let me in? Like, let me love you. Like I want to, I want to love you and it's really hard for you to let me in. So I, on my end, I feel good about it, but I'm not sure if his mm-hmm. end, he is picking up on that energy. Cause I feel like we could break up today and I would be just fine. And that scares me mm-hmm. because that means I'm very disconnected from my emotions. So I think it's something that I'm going to have to continue to actively work on every day. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Um, and, and with New Year's, that sort of, that was completely your call, you know, to sort of like really just take that step and say like, I actually, I lied. Like that, that took a lot of courage and a lot of bravery, you know, and that should be acknowledged because that was wonderful. Um, and, and, but I, that's not maybe necessarily what I'm thinking of because that was you sort of taking that step and he wasn't sort of there with you, you know? So I'm thinking if you both were sort of mutual in something, you know, and, and kind of just completely like level with one another here, you know? Um, and, and also like if, when you were sort of being vulnerable and, and you became sort of panicking, you know, and if, if that were, if you, if something sort of hits you and you decide, okay, this is what I think I'm going to do with Nick, like, play it out, you know, um, sort of see how that goes. And if those feelings come up again, like being sort of panicky and, and wanting to sort of shut down, um, it would be sort of your chance right then and there to sort of be mindful and, and sort of use some of your self-soothing techniques, you know, where you can put a stop to that and realize what it is that's happening here, you know, where you can make the decision kind of instantly. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I would like to say that just because I know it takes, a lot of courage to be vulnerable and a lot of those feelings do come up again you know a lot of those like anxiety feelings a lot of those panic feelings you know and I think that's like that I we already know that's going to happen you know what can we sort of do to, to tolerate it in the meantime you know and that's using your sort of mindfulness skills there um what do you think yeah absolutely that makes sense mm-hmm. yeah. so if it were hmm Say if it was, like, we talk about your sex life, you know, and it was, I don't know, something that you both decided to agree on, you know, and I'm not exactly sure what that would be, but I think um, <laughs> if you both sort of were on the same page with that, you know, you both are sort of vulnerable and completely just aware and, and like, in the here and now, you know, in this sort of space where you're almost, like, forced to be here you know, and then you use all your, like, cool skills and, and be able to sort of, like, create what it is that you want to happen, you know, but that, that takes practice. Yeah. And I'm going to need you to practice this. Okay. hmm Yeah, 100%. I actually, I went to the store with my girlfriend the other day and I got him, like, for Valentine's Day, like, this sexy game and, like, uh, I'm sorry for telling you this. I got like this no, deck no, of like, it's, it was funny. Cause I'm very into like 
spirituality. So I got him like these tarot cards, but they're all different like sex positions. So I think I'm definitely going to feel very vulnerable giving that to him uh, for whatever reason. But I think that will be like a good step in the right direction. I agree. Yeah. And, and it's almost like far enough away where you can like play it out and see how that's sort of going to go and then practice what it is that you would want to say and, and like using sort of your, your component, like the components here, you know? Um, yeah. And, and being able to like do it the way that you would want. I think that's awesome. <laughs> and that's like literally like the perfect, that is a, a really good way to sort of have you both be vulnerable at like at the exact same time, feeling the exact same way. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, where you not, you're not completely alone, you know, and, and this other person is not alone either. You know, so it's sort of like you both are in this space and like what do you sort of do from here now? You know, how, how are you going to feel? Keep these things sort of in the back of your head, you know, if you are feeling like you might feel panicky, you might feel anxiety, but what are some of the good feelings as well? You know, like what are some of the stuff that you are getting out of this? Like, if there's anything that you are enjoying with being, you know, sort of equal playing field here you know um balance thinking mm. you know yeah, yeah 100%. Those, like just I, I'm not completely ignoring one side but like bringing both to the light here 